You're listening to a podcast from Catalyst Vineyard Church, Aberdeen. You can find out more about our church, as well as more talks on our website, catalyst.vin. Welcome to Catalyst Vineyard. We're so glad that you've joined us. And, um, you know, we're continuing in our little series, Spring in the Psalms. Not quite sure it feels like spring yet, but uh, we're hoping, aren't we? We know that spring will come at some point in the distant future. Anyway, okay, so um, you might want to open up your Bible. We're going to be in Psalm 27. We're not going to go straight there, but you can maybe put your finger in the, in the, in the pages. Um, as a kid, um, I grew up... Um, in Asia, and our Christmas holidays were absolutely brilliant. We would get on a train in Delhi, and we would have a two-day journey um, to, to, to the south of India, and uh, I think there's a little picture coming up, um, and, and this would be, this would be my, the beginning of my Christmas holiday. That was obviously not me. Um, <laughs> um, but but I would spend the entire time like we were looking forward to going on holiday. But as a kid, I just loved looking out of the train window and just watching the landscape uh, change and 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 different things happening and different times of the day and and it was just. You know, from, I mean, you're talking like thousands of miles this journey would take. And then you'd pull up in the, into the train stations uh, of, I don't know, uh, some, some tiny little place in the middle of nowhere. And for those of you that are uh, of uh, Indian origin, you would totally get this. But then you would hear the chai walla. Chai, chai, garam chai, coffee, 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 coffee. And my dad would be out on the platform and they'd be filling up the flask of tea and coffee. And then the train would start to leave. And you'd watch my dad running alongside the train. And we his kids would be like, come on, dad, you need to get on the train. Health and safety is a little bit different back in the 80s in India. But anyway, the point is this, like, the journey was unbelievable. The ups and downs, the smells, the curry, the tastes. But we were longing and we couldn't also wait to get to paradise, which was called Kovalam Beach. Six weeks on the beach. What a hard life, eh? Like, the reason I tell that is this. Like, honestly, the Christian journey the Christian faith is a proper journey. It's, you're going to experience lots of different things. And the beauty is that we're not doing it on our own. God is with us. And there are times when it feels very close. It feels like he's got a hold of us. It's almost like you can't do anything. He's right there with us. And there are other times it just feels a little bit more, Lord, where are you? But God is with us in it all. And he is faithful. And he is going to lead us, if you like, into paradise, into an eternity with him. And this journey is that we get snippets of what's to come into the present. 
And I know some of you, and I know some of your stories, that some of you are in a really, in a place where it just feels like everything is working well. And then some of you, it's like, whoa, I feel like I've got stuck in a station. And I definitely am not hearing the chaiwala. I'm hearing something else. Lord, move me on. Move me forward. Discipleship is moving from living in and living by the things of this world to living in and by the kingdom to come. I see it's a journey. It's a journey of relying on what we see here and now to trusting more of not what we see right now, but we know is coming. Moving from maybe for some of us living in fear to becoming a people of faith and trust. There's a journey to be had to move from fear living in and with fears and fears that can actually paralyze and seek to control our lives and the journey of discipleship is moving it from fear to a place of freedom to a place that releases not only us but other people ultimately fear creates self-preservation doesn't it you're like (gasps) you know in those moments of fear you're like I need I need to look after myself. But there's a movement in the spiritual journey from self-preservation to self-sacrifice. And so there's a journey to be had. And we see it in all the way through the Bible in places like Joshua and Caleb. A classic example where they go, you know, these two guys along with ten others... God says, go into the future. Go into your promised land. Go in and have a look. Right now, you can't see it, so I want you to go and have a look at what's out there. And as they go, they look at it, and they see things differently to the ten others. And as they return, ten of them are just, they're just dumbfounded, and they feel paralyzed. They, they feel fear. They're like, it's a great land, but there are giants and obstacles in the way, and all they see The fear in them, all they see is the problems. And yet here is Joshua and Caleb, and they are seeing the same land, the same situations, the same obstacles, and they come back going, no, 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 we we have faith. We know that even though it's tough, God is with us. He can do it. Fear and faith inhabit the same space in our lives. How many of us have experienced that? And so as we come into this psalm today, in Psalm 27, we're going to see that David expresses that it's great to be looking up to God. We need to be living in Him. And there are times when we're going to just have to hold on, and sometimes with our fingernails of faith. But when we do that and we work through the process of the wrestle, we can come to a place, a new place of confidence in God. And that is the spiritual Christian journey. You know, we're, ne- we're never going to escape the wrestle, people. That's just part and parcel. But we'll come out of it with our hearts and our faith built up because he does come through. He does come through for us. Does that make sense? So, so when we come to this passage today, and it is a song, we're going to see that K- 
King David proclaims something. He's, he wants to say to us, hey guys, look up. This is the nature of God and his faithfulness. Then he's going to say, hey, the, also his presence is everything we need. His presence is the most precious thing. And then also it's okay. And it's natural to petition him and to wrestle. And so shall we have a look at it? Psalm 27. It's already up there. It's a great psalm. Some of us would know this maybe even by heart. Holy Spirit, speak to us today with these words. Take us on a journey and grip our hearts and move us from fear into a place of faith, we pray. Amen. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it's my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. The war break out against me. Even then, I will feel confident. That's a word for somebody in this room today. You feel like a battle has broken out against you. Hear what he's saying there. But even then, I will be confident. God wants to do something in your heart this morning. One thing I ask from the Lord, this is only, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling and he will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent. Some of you need to know that you can hide in him today and set me high upon a rock then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says to you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Please do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior, though my father and my mother forsake me. The Lord will receive me. Teach me your ways, Lord. Lead me in a path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desires of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. And I will remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. What a great passage of scripture for us this morning. David, who wrote this psalm, is clearly kind of looking over his life and he's seeing God at work. He's saying there, those that advanced against me, my enemies, my foes, I was besieged. The Lord was there. He is my light, my salvation. He is my stronghold. He has a track record, doesn't he? He has understood that he has been in certain situations and he has seen the deliverance of him by, by God. And he starts to describe it, doesn't it? You know, David's life, as we know, those of us who've been around and read the Bible a little bit, his life 
found himself in, uh, with many foes um, around him. The Goliaths of this world. The Sauls. The King Sauls who pursued him later in life. Even some of his own closest family turned on him. And yet he's saying here, as he looks back over his life, the Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the one that brought direction to my life. He's the one that rescued me when I couldn't do anything about it. And he is the stronghold. This is good language. Stronghold, military term, a fortress. Uh, he is the one in which I can step into and he will defend me and defend my life. He's going to protect me and defend me. He's saying, I have thrown myself into the defense of God. In other words, into his stronghold. He is dependable when I was not, but he was. And he threw my enemies into confusion at times. When all around him were fearful. David has a track record. David looks over his shoulder. David looks back to also look forward. You know, some of us have been Christians a long time, and some of us have only been Christians a short time, and some of us in this room and online today, you're like, I'm not even sure I'm a Christian, but I'm on a journey. David had an extraordinary journey that he could look back on and see the faithfulness of God. Sometimes it's really good just to reflect and say, let me just think back over the years of my life. Where have you been, Lord? Where have you interjected? Where have you rescued? Where have you healed? Where have you restored? Where have you directed? I sat at Gatwick Airport a couple of weeks ago, and I had two hours, and I just wrote, began to write a reflection on my own life, and I started to write. I sat there with a coffee and got my laptop, and I just started to write, Lord, where have you been in, in my life? And as I started to reflect over my life, I, I could feel faith rise in me. It's like, yes, you did that. You were there. You answered that prayer. When I was full of fear there, and I, I just hung on to you, Lord, you came through. When I took a risk and I believed you, Lord, with all my heart. And when I took that risk, I suddenly found I was on solid ground. You see, this is what David is doing. He's looking back over his life. Oh, you're my light. You're the one that's directed me. You're my stronghold. You're so precious. You know, this is David doing his own life review and we can do our own life review but you know this is why we do the God review <laughs> and we open up the scriptures weekly because if God did it for David and if God did it for Terry and God did it for Adrienne and God did it for you online he can do it for me as well and so it's great to come to the great stories and the characters of the Bible and we go oh my gosh look at what God was with Abraham when he took that risk God was with him. God was with Noah when he was like, whoa, the world is changing. And God was with him. 
God was with my some of my favorite stories. God was with Joseph, even when it looked really dark, eh? Even when he's been sold into slavery. Oh, what? What that must have felt like. And then he's like doing well in Potiphar's house. And then he does the right thing. And the next minute he's back in, he's in jail. I wonder what that must have felt like. It must have been like some of you today going, God, where are you? I don't understand this plan. But I know you're with me. But I don't feel you. But I know you're here. I'm looking over my life. I know that you're trustworthy. You are my stronghold. And then boom. He is elevated to prime minister. And then he's got that perspective. Hey, what man did for for evil, my sovereign God has moved things for good. You know, and you just, the catalog. I mean, when I read, this is why I'm, I love this. Because it just builds a sense of, hey, if God did it for them, and we're his kids, he can and he still, and he wants to take us on that journey. He'll do it for us. Do you know, I was listening, uh, speaking to someone recently who told me a little bit about how they ended up here in Aberdeen. It's a privilege when we do like newcomers evenings and things like that. We ask, what's your story? This particular individual was just sharing how they were at a juncture in their life. They'd done quite a bit of study and there was two courses in the UK that they would love to do. Uh, and actually a course and, and and the courses were being held in the south of England and here in Aberdeen and she was like I don't know what to do but Lord you are my light <laughs> you're the one that can bring can shed some light on this and bring some direction to it and so she went off to course to live for which is our young adult conference And she went leaning in, not on her own understanding, but she was like, I want to hear from you, God. And she got there. This is right cool. This is when you know that God is on your case. She got there and she sat down and she's like, Lord, I'm ready to listen. And the person in front of them, they had a hoodie on. And when the the hood of the hoodie moved, it said Aberdeen. And she was like, "Uh uh-huh. And then she's like, it's not good enough, Lord. (laughs) I need some more. That was just coincidence. How many of us have done this? And then, (laughs) I was like, am I hearing voices? And then somebody from the front on the stage said, hey, I feel like I've got a word for somebody here today. They're looking for direction in their life, in particular around where they should study. And she was like, that could be me. So she goes up for prayer. As you do, you, you, know, you go up and you assume the position. <laughs> and, and obviously the ministry, people came out and they were, all right, we're, we're going to pray for people. And this lovely lady came and said, hi, can I pray for you? And she said, oh, I'd love you to pray for me. And she said, oh, well, and then this girl said to this lady, and where are you from? She went, I'm from Aberdeen. you're the light (laughs) and she was like oh (laughs) in fact it was uh, Johnny Fentai's wife Bex this girl had just and then Bex just ministered to this girl and she just met with Jesus in a beautiful way and found that oh no God is with me he is directing my life he is my life my salvation my stronghold he has a plan 
But you know what? She had to put herself into a position to hear. She said, I'm going. And I'm going to hear from you, Lord. We need to ask, don't we? Here we, what we see here. And so it's beautiful. Like, as we read this passage and as we sing it, because it's a song, isn't it? As we sing the song, it's like, oh, it gets to the point where just at the end of three, and as he moves into four and five, it's like, oh, you, you make all the difference, God. Your presence is everything to me. Look what it says. It moves, doesn't it? It says, the one thing I ask, Lord, the one thing I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and gaze on the beauty of the Lord. So what we see here in the psalm is he proclaims some things. He proclaims the nature of God. And sometimes, guys, we need that. We need to come into church. We're going to worship God. We're going to look over our lives. We're going to look over the, the stories of the Bible. We're going to lift our eyes from our current circumstances and go, hey, you're the one. And so he proclaims, and then he goes, and now his presence is everything. I want to be near you. I want to be with you. I want, this is the most important thing, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I want this dynamic relationship. It is a priority for me. It's not setting up residence in the tent of meeting, where the Ark of the Covenant is. That's not what he's saying here. He's saying, I want my heart to be set up in that place. I want my desires, I want my life, my character to be in God's presence so he can be at work in me. I want to gaze on his beauty and his wonders. The God that created heavens and earth and threw stars into space and made crazy creatures that we'll never see in the sea. Extraordinary beauty. When we see him, I want my life to be permanently found and hidden in you. In fact, it says that, doesn't it? It says to be hidden. And as you read that language, and I knocked it about a bit and had a bit of digging, really it's a parental thing. Like a child would be hidden in the breast of a parent or a mom. It's a place of nourishment. It's a place of protection. It's a place of comfort. It's a place of love. He wants to live in the place of love and to know God's presence. I talked a couple of weeks ago about Paul's great prayer for the Ephesian church. That simple prayer was, the one thing I want to pray for more than anything else is that you would know him. Know Jesus better. And that word know, epinosis, is about a living, breathing now. I'm in, I'm experiencing God. This is not like a head knowledge kind of thing. It's like I've known some things and I now really know some stuff. He wants to know. And David's like, that's the place I need to be. You know, I think was it 18 months ago to a year ago, we had a number of weekends and one in particular where we called it like a Holy Spirit weekend. 
and as a whole wide church, we say, you know, we want to give this weekend to the presence of God. We just recognize as a church and as individuals, you know, we really want to make room for God's spirit to be at work. We want to dwell in the house of the Lord. We want to take our hearts and we want to just say, Lord, please, we want to put them in the tent. We want to meet with you desperately. Do whatever you want with us. Speak to us. Breathe on us. And over that weekend, God began to minister to a whole bunch of us. Some of you were here, and God was doing wonderful things. His presence came. I've asked Victoria that I can tell this a little bit of this story, and I'd love to encourage you to go and speak more to her. But in that time, God began to move in Tori's life. I mean, I've been married for, to her for over 25 years, and I could see you know, she, she's not the kind of person that is overly demonstrative or, you know, uh, is loud. But what I saw over that first two, the first couple of days, and then for about three weeks, was the invisible was becoming visible in Tor, that God's power and presence was so on her that she actually couldn't contain what God was doing. In fact, her body began to shake. It was like heaven was coming and shaking the physical. And when, when I talked to her, I said, what is going on? All she could really say is, oh my gosh, the, God is holy and I love him. And I don't want to step out of this. This is extraordinary otherness of God. And it's like I'm living on earth, but I'm feeling something of heaven in my life right now. I think David got a taste of what that meant. And he's like, I want to live in the purposes and in the presence of God. And when I'm in his presence, in the presence of God and in the will of God, I know I am secure, and I can face anything. God's presence is precious. And I think that's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians, we have this treasure in jars or earthen, earthen vessels. We're just earth. We're just earth. But his power and presence has come to reside in us. And even though we're pressed from all sides, he says, and under pressure, his presence is key. His presence is everything. Think about King David, the accolades, the material stuff that he had, the power of governing a nation. He's had it all. And yet he's like, but your, you Lord, your presence is the most important thing. I don't know what God's doing in your life right now. I don't know if he's opening doors of opportunity. I don't know if you're wrestling with some things. I just know this. This is a word for you today. Presence. Get in the presence. Find the presence of God. And if the door is opening, he'll close it if it's not of him. And he'll crack open ones that are. So it, it feels really good. Hey, the first part of this psalm's like, God, you can do anything and everything and I want to be with you. And then it shifts gear. 
Look at, look at what it says. In the next bit, oh, it's like something gone from the heights to now we're in a wrestle. Now I'm not so sure how many of us have been in this situation. You've gone to a conference, you come on a Sunday, you're like, oh, Jesus, I love you. You've got everything. I'm in. I'm in. Your presence is amazing. And then Monday morning comes around and you're like, oh, this is a different deal. And fears and doubts can easily rise. And look at what he says. Hear my voice when I call. Be merciful to me. And then look at the do nots, three do nots in this, in this moment. Don't hide from me. Don't reject me. Don't turn me over to my foes, Lord. And the fears are beginning to rise and shout. Don't hide from me. Please, Lord, do not reject me. I'm seeking you. I'm seeking you. Don't turn away, Lord, in anger. In other words, Lord, have I done something and now you're turning? How many of us feel like that sometimes? We're like, we're faced with a situation and our immediate response is, oh God, what have I done for now to be in this? Well, you might not have done anything. But we go, we go there. And then we're like, God, you're, don't hide from me. Please. Fear of that rejection. Fear of, 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 of him hiding can rise. And then in amongst that, there's a little bit of faith. But Lord, Lord, you'll be my helper, Lord. Don't hide. Don't hide. The fear is there, isn't it? And then there's, but Lord, you have. You have in the past. You, I know you can. You are my helper. You are with me. A little bit of faith is just in the mix. And then, Lord, don't reject me just as everybody else is. And it seems like even family members are moving away from David at this point. And yet, again, a little bit of faith just rises. It's holding on. But you're my savior. You will receive me. The fear says God's going to reject, but faith says, oh no, you're going to receive. Why? Because I know the nature of my God. The fear is there, but the faith is holding on. It feels like in that moment, faith has just done a little uppercut or a punch in the gut, and it's taking the wind out of fear just a little bit. Is this just me, or do, does David reflect what we go through? We start to wrestle with some things. But faith is hanging in. He's holding on. Don't turn me over, God. Please don't turn me over to these enemies. They're going to do horrible things to me. And they're false, those enemies. They're not of truth. Can you see what's going on there? Now he's, faith is in the description, actually, of the enemies. He's like, the enemies are, are false, but you're true. You won't, surely you won't hand me over to false people. Because you're the living God full of truth. How can that happen? And so he's wrestling with it. Fear, faith, fear, faith, fear, faith, fear, faith. <laughs> Maybe you just have an insight into my head. But I'm guessing we all have it. And then in verse 13, oh, thank goodness. Because it seems like he's wrestled something out. And he's landed on this. But I will remain confident. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I'm just going to wait. I'm not going to take it into my own hands. I'm going to wait because God is faithful. He is my stronghold. And I will take heart and I will wait for the Lord. 
the land on this. The wrestle is inevitable. The outcome, the outcome. I want to say this in. We have a part to play. The Spirit of God wants to get alongside us in these moments. I think, and I'm going to land on this, is that when David was potentially writing this song and writing this, he was reflecting on a time in in his life when his own son, Absalom, decided to take the throne. And in, I think it's uh, 1 or 2 Samuel uh, 25, it says this about him. It says that David was going to leave the palace and leave Jerusalem. It says, and David continued up the Mount of Olives and wept. His head covered and his feet barefoot. And we see the king of Israel, the king leaving, being ousted, being pushed out. And he leaves the palace and he's walking through Jerusalem. And now he's walking out of Jerusalem. And he, now he's walking up the Mount of Olives. And it shows the, the wrestle is on. Oh, why is this happening, Lord? What am I to do? And it, he's weeping and he's barefoot. A king that's left Jerusalem weeping on the Mount of Olives. Oh, my word. When I read that, we have a king. We have a savior who was pushed out from Jerusalem, wasn't he? Who was taken. And he actually went on to the Mount of Olives in Gethsemane. And he began a wrestle in that place. Let me just read what Jesus himself said. He said in my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch over me. He's gathered his friends and in Gethsemane. And then going a little bit further, he fell to, this ground, to the ground and prayed, My father, if it's possible, take this cup from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. He comes with the wrestle. Do you know, I don't know. I, I, I think sometimes we think Jesus is a superhero, but not normal. He was fully human and fully divine. And his humanness was being overwhelmed with the fears and the possibility of being handed over to his enemies. Can you hear David's cry? Don't hand me over to them. They are evil men. They are false men. Can you see it? Can you feel it? I think he would have been described the anxiety of that moment. And yet here, he said, if it's possible, please Take this cup from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. There's like the fears are there, and then the faith is there. And three times, three times he wrestles this through. And it's almost like he gets, stands at the end of that Gethsemane moment. And he says, the time has come now for the Son of Man to give up his life. It's like he's wrestled something through. And now he's landing almost with the confidence of David. I will, I know he will come. I'm going to trust him. Can, do you see the parallel of the passages? 
And so let's just remind ourselves today just who God is. The nature of God is that he is our stronghold. He is the light. He is our salvation. He has a plan. Let's lean into him. Let's remember his presence unlocks everything. But more than that, it's not about just doing stuff for Jesus. Tor would tell you in those three weeks and since then, her love for just being with Jesus has grown. Not just doing stuff for him, but enjoying this beautiful relationship. Maturity, I think, starts to move from doing actually to more being. And so let's not be surprised that sometimes we've got to wrestle. But God's faithful. And so we're going to land. I just, I just know that some of you are wrestling with some stuff. And God wants to strengthen you. That's what he said. Wait on the Lord and my heart will be strengthened. And so we want to stand with you today. And we want to step into the presence of Jesus and say, come presence of Jesus, would you strengthen? Would you uphold? Would you hold these people in the palm of your hand? Today you have permission, I feel, to say to you, I feel permission to say to you, come and hide in him. Come and hide in him today. Why don't we stand? And guys, I mean, the band's going to come, but why don't If that's you today, any of that, what I've just shared, in particular, the permission to hide. Permission to hide in him. We'd love to be family, to, to stand with you today. And to pray for you. For you guys online, let me pray. Holy Spirit, would you come and move with us? Would you take the truths these truths that David sung that David saw in his own heart in his own life that they would be true very much for us right now in our current situations those that are wrestling would faith just rise a little bit more trust in you rise just a little bit more would your voice just get a little bit louder over our current fear those fears can manifest in, in our work life job stuff fear around what other people think and other people's opinions maybe it's fear around is this relationship right Fear of failing. God, if I do this, am I going to fall on my face? 
spirit. We want his and your presence to rise today. So come and minister in Jesus' name.